All right, this is Brent Leary, and with me right now is Matt Stringer, Executive Vice President of Marketing at the Men's Warehouse. Matt, thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So before we jump into the conversation about what you're doing at uh, Men's Warehouse and really how the role of marketing has changed in the company, um, tell us a little bit about your personal background. Sure. So... I actually uh, I came up through the production side and actually studied film production um, as my undergrad degree. Went to the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill and sort of ironically started in the advertising school and uh, did about a year and a half there and then decided I wanted to, to get more onto the creative side and, and course corrected or so to speak and ended up double majoring in English lit, you know, writing and, and film production and fresh out of school. I, I started on the, on the production side and had worked um, on the East coast, uh, a couple of production companies and sort of had aspirations at the time of, of maybe directing, you know, broadcast commercials and, 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 you know, maybe working for an agency and uh, decided after a brief stint on the East coast, which is where I grew up outside of Philadelphia, decided to head west and found myself in San Francisco in early parts of 1999, which was the big dot-com boom, and um, jobs were easy to come by, apartments were impossible, and um, had, the, had the good fortune of, of really responding to a, an ad in the paper, you know, and tells you how far, you know, things have come in terms of recruitment around looking for someone to help with uh, television commercial production, and uh, the employer was Men's Warehouse, and at the time, uh, the company just had the one brand, Men's Warehouse, and really did almost exclusively TV advertising. Um, a little bit of direct mail, but um, you know, was really focused on just sort of brand building. Was a, a model that um, had been built uh, through largely the use of the you know CEO and founder George Zimmer. Um, that was that was sort of one note, and you know, I sort of came into the interview and raised my hand and said, I can. I can do production. That's you know I can play the the production role from the client side, and you know that was 16 years ago, and and sort of have had the good fortune as the company has grown relative to acquisitions, new brands. You know we acquired both Moore's, our Canadian division, and K and G, our our U.S. sort of opening price point division in my first year with the company, and subsequent acquisitions leading up to the last and the most recent and the biggest with Joseph A. Bank, uh, the middle of last year, and. Along the way, we went from I was really one of three people in the marketing department um, with a, a channel strategy that included a lot of TV and almost exclusively TV to um, a team that you know is almost 75, 80 people now uh, that includes an in-house creative team, a CRM team, um, a, a database you know marketing team, um, a brand planning team, a production team, an on-site photo studio. Um, as well as uh, a media in-house media buying team that does uh, buying, planning, uh, social media, PR, uh, media relations. And, you know, just have really, uh, you know, like I was saying earlier, literally and figuratively grown up with the company. And I think it's a testament to the culture of the company and the way the company structured in terms of promoting from within that I, I sort of raised my hand along the ways as, as new channels literally were being invented. And that was really what was exciting from a marketing standpoint as, you know, the evolution is, you know, TV has been around for a while, radio traditional has been around for a while, and we did a little bit of all of the above. And as new channels became, you know, available to us, i.e., you know, email all of a sudden was a channel that didn't exist that became available, SMS more recently, obviously, the you know, the, the growth of e-commerce and the digital experience and just, you know, really push the company to say, hey, we need to 
we need to grow into these areas and and you know early on with email saying hey well, let's 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 start looking at email marketing and and you know over time just have had the good fortune with great you know great leadership and great support around me both within my team as well as the senior management um, at the executive level to have the ability to sort of shape a marketing vision that now is is truly you know multi-channel and and really you know with an, an eye towards you know growing into the omni-channel experience and and really focused on the customer experience and and really that's you know sort of the the point that we've arrived to and really where our tipping point is from a brand is you know really trying to put that customer at the center of the experience um, and that's really what started to drive you know the the incubation of our mobile strategy. Um, that's really where Mobile Wallet, you know, became an opportunity to sort of do that and how we, you know, we partnered with Vibes and grew our SMS program. Um, and so, you know, early on marketing was really, I'd say, a backseat driver um, in terms of it was really a store and merchandise-led uh, company. And, you know, for the for the most part, marketing was a facilitator of of just keeping the brand top of mind. A lot changed really in 2008 with a lot of companies having to make that change with the downturn of the economy and, and the big departure that we made was, you know, going from an everyday low price retailer that we'd been for, you know, the better part of 30 uh, plus years, almost 35 years at that point, and having to adopt a more promotional type retail uh, merchandise model. And that obviously, you know, it required us to really reinvent the marketing and the cadence and the channels we used and, you know, the direct to consumer that we had to had to really, you know, lean more heavily on that we've never had to because we were basically doing awareness building, brand building, using mass reach, you know, vehicles from a marketing perspective to all of a sudden needing to to be much more relevant, much quicker to market. And, you know, that led to a, a bigger adoption in terms of, you know, knowing our customer and building our customer database and really leaning more heavily on our loyalty program as a backbone for, you know, the penetration of into our customer database and customer file. And, you know, I think, you know, in some ways we're well along the way in terms of that journey. In some ways we're continuing to reinvent like a lot of companies are as, as the, you know, economy and the macro level landscape continues to change. Um, you know, we're having to continue to reinvent the brand as we go and staying core to, you know, true to the core of what the brand's all about. You know, your DNA as a brand doesn't change. What you do really well doesn't necessarily change. Um, but obviously how you go to market, the channels in which you use, you know, the strategies in which you adopt to try to reach your, both your existing and new customers um, does change. So I think from that standpoint, marketing has moved much more from a back seat to a front seat, you know, from a from an important standpoint and, and really sits side by side now, I think, with, with merchandise being the two big drivers of of the of the business in terms of the levers we can pull to be both relevant and hopefully successful in terms of um, you know, staying in front of our consumer and prospective consumer and attracting a, a new customer through our doors, through our marketing and our merchandise mix. And I think, you know, speaking very humbly, I think both have improved substantially over the last, you know, seven years in terms of our, our marketing mix and our and our merchandise. And I think there's improvements still to be had in terms of what we're trying to do. And, and that's really, you know, the launching point of where we, we started to go and where we're trying to go with the, our mobile strategy, which is, you know, really taking what has been a traditional brick-and-mortar business that's focused on the store experience and does a great job from a customer experience and delivering that world-class, you know, customer experience that you would expect to get at a high-end, you know, department store in a, in a more of a men's specialty store environment um, and, and really try to grow that and use digital and specifically mobile as a pa platform to integrate and complement, amplify the brick-and-mortar experience and really 
try to create that more of that true omni-channel experience and, and grow our online business as well as use the online marketing channels um, to try to better reach our customers in ways in which, you know, adoption's starting in some ways in terms of, you know, mobile wallet in some ways with, you know, um, other channels just as, just in their infancy in terms of um, in terms of what you're seeing with like Apple Pay and, and some of the, the new wallet functionalities that, you know, is, are just, you know, in the infancy of, of adoption. But, you know, we feel like in the case of mobile wallet, we were, you know, happy to, to really get out and be an early adopter. We started using it, uh, Passbook in early 2013. And then, um, you know, which, you know, Passbook came out in late 2012. So that was, you know, fairly early on the adoption curve. Um, and obviously, you know, integrated with Passbook and then, and then, you know, subsequently Google Wallet. Um, and it was a way for us to really integrate coupons into both of those platforms, those apps, and really tie it to our Perfect Fit app as a way to really increase our top of mind visibility in our with our customers. And, um, you know, we, we think as consumer adoption continues to grow with Mobile Wallet, it's a space that eventually all retailers are going to ultimately have to be in. And, you know, we're happy that we are there now and we got there early. And, um, you know, we, we have seen the customers who do use Passbook and Google Wallet are active with it. And that's really exciting as a marketing standpoint, you know, from a marketer's standpoint to see that. And we only think it's going to continue to grow. Yeah, let me let me ask you a little bit more about that. Can you maybe talk sure. a little bit about uh, you know, kind of the the results you've seen with this mo uh, mobile wallet strategy, and particularly in getting the content out of the email? Uh, so you might send an email out uh, that has a, mo a coupon in it, and but what does adding the save to wallet button do in terms of getting more inter interaction and actually more conversion? compared to having that coupon sit in the email? Sure. So, I mean, a big focus for us um, is, just, is, like you said, distributing our coupons via Passbook and Google Wallet, and that's been our email program, and that's been a big focus. And, you know, we've been doing email for a while. Like I said, it was, you know, one of the things I, I raised my hand early on and said, hey, why don't we, why don't we go down this channel? Um, and it's obviously a great way to reach our customers, but as inboxes continue to get more and more crowded and email becomes less impactful, um, we were really looking for a way to differentiate ourselves and engage with our customers. And so email is very competitive. It's a cluttered space, and we want to get our share of voice with the, within the inbox, and that can be challenging. And so, um, you know, bottom line, it's just harder to get visibility these days, and people get so many emails. So really what we wanted to do is to take that, you know, conscious you know, consideration from a consumer if they put that content from an email into Passbook or Google Wallet, basically pulling that content out of that cluttered inbox environment, saving it for later under their phones. Um, we've seen significant lift and redemption rates. Um, and so, you know, from an it makes sense intuitively. It's really that intent. It's the top of mind awareness. Um, but when it, what we do see specifically is when a customer saves a coupon down from email into their into their wallet, uh, it's driving a 10x increase um, from that coupon compared to what uh, the customer is doing if they're just you know keeping it in, within that email and redeeming it from the email. Um, so I mean we're really excited because we think mobile wallet does a couple things. It gives us a new CTA, something specifically that customers can react to. They now have a redeemable branded content that's saved on their phone, which, as we all know, is something that everyone has on them pretty much at all points in all times of the day. Um, we now have better metrics and data to be able to engage around redemption in terms of understanding what are they doing besides just maybe printing or, or using that coupon code online. We know that there's that, that conscious consideration, like I was saying, where they're taking the content, pulling it out of the channel, in this case email, and saving it into 
from a passive you know email to a very active mobile wallet perspective um, and you know then it lets us by you know adding that simple save to wallet function we're able to close the loop on on driving that customer to a transaction and, and persistently engage them um, knowing that now they've got that coupon in their wallet they can now save it down to their perfect fit app they can push their perfect fit app loyalty card into mobile wallet as well um, and you know this is you know we've seen this you know for almost a full year now we ran these programs for the better part of 2014 so that you know that 10x increase isn't just one campaign i mean this is looking at results over a period of time um, which you know is sort of a unique perspective and so that you know that 10x increase uh, based on the save to wallet function um, is a sizable incremental lift that, that we're really thrilled with yeah and and i noticed because i i mentioned i'm a, a perfect fit uh member <laughs> Mm-hmm. I have the uh, app on my phone, and I noticed that, you know, it's one thing to use the Save the Wallet function to get that content on the phone, uh, but eventually I, you want to get people in the store and also the experience that they have in the store. From a marketing perspective, how does all that work together? Once, you know, using the content to kind of lure them into the store, but how does, what happens once they get into the store? Well, I mean, that's that's really been the strength of our our sales process and and really of our company is is you know we've always felt like we deliver you know world class customer service the the customer service you would see at a, a higher end department store but in a specialty store environment and, and and you know a value equation from a pricing standpoint that doesn't you know doesn't equate to that high end you know department store or the or the boutique and so you know really the the beauty of of having the save to wallet functionality is now you've got the strength of what our brand has been built on you know highly engaged motivated well trained personal, friendly, knowledgeable sales staff with an active customer who's being driven into the store with intent, um, i.e. they've got a coupon saved down to their mobile wallet with the intent to use. And it really then creates a dynamic where you've got an engaged customer with an engaged sales staff. And, you know, it's helped us to, to I think, in part, drive that, that increase in redemption because, you know, there's intent there, obviously, in terms of that, that save-to-wallet functionality. And then when they walk into our, one of our stores, assuming they're walking into our store to redeem versus going online, you know, you've got an engaged sales staff that now is able to to reap the benefits of an engaged customer, and and it's really a perfect win-win in terms of you know the customer experience is 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 really exceptional, and then our ability to to work with that customer to maximize revenue and redemptions on those coupons via uh, the save the wallet functionality, I think is amplified as well. And it's really, you know, what we're hoping to do is, like I said, you know, from a mobile perspective is is really put the customer at the center of the experience. And I think mobile wallet's a great way to do that because it really puts them in control and lets them leverage the strengths of our organization and get a more unique and relevant customer experience because they know they're coming in with the intent to purchase and we can then build the the consumer experience around what they want to buy from us um, and really expedite some of that sales process and then complement you know that purchase with with add-ons and and help um, you know build out their closet and, and increase their loyalty hopefully in turn is the ultimate objective. There's so much going on, and, and marketing is changing at such a rapid pace with you know, multiple channels, the different kind of content. But how is uh, you know your job as a marketer and, and the kind of uh, outputs that you guys are creating, you know, with things with the save the con- save the wallet functionality and getting the content on the phone? How has that changed the relationship that marketing has 
with the, the local stores, with the salespeople? Uh, is it you know, being able to provide better insights uh, through the data that you collect on how your, your content is being used? Is that changing the relationship you have with the folks that are in the stores and, and the folks that are in the sales management? Um, I mean, we've. I mean, yes and no. We've always had, you know, really strong working relationships. Like I said, you know, the the culture of the of the company, um, in a lot of ways, through you know George Zimmer's vision, was really built around the stores and the focus on on that store employee and creating an engaging environment, which then would translate to creating an engaging customer experience. And so, you know, putting the the employee first, you know, whether it's a store employee or a corporate employee, has been a it's been paramount to, I think, the success of the brand as a whole. And so I think we've always had a really good open dialogue. Obviously, you know, as marketers, you know, wanting to know our customer and, and know our insights around how that can drive marketing strategy and, and hopefully successful marketing programs to drive revenue is, is really our mission. That said, you know, our stores are the front line um, in terms of seeing the customer and interacting with the customer on, on a you know daily basis, and so you know creating that dialogue and being able to have it be hopefully reciprocal, where you know what we can add from a value in terms of driving people in. You know, our job is to you know put footsteps into the store or onto our website. But, you know, from a, a employee at the store level perspective, I mean, they're able to provide really valuable feedback to us in terms of, you know, what tools they need to be successful. I mean, we're, we're working on, you know, a suite of digital tools that really have been more, even though like mobile app and, and the Perfect Fit app, our loyalty program app is, is consumer facing, we've also built out, um, you know, digital technologies that are really employee facing, you know, that, you know, facilitate what our, what our sales staff is needing to create that world-class customer experience and so working with them on making a tux rental mobile application working with them on a tailoring application and and taking those technologies that use digital and use mobile as a way um, to to facilitate a better customer experience and a better trained sales staff around around how to create that best customer experience is is really the backbone of what you know we do best as a company and what we're trying to do as a marketer and so I think you know it's only improved as, as obviously you know, when stores see people coming in with marketing, you know, in hand, whether it's coupons, you know, printed or on mobile wallet or whether they've just been driven in by virtue of awareness of of advertisement that we've, you know, advertising that we've done across channels, I mean, that's a, that's a win-win. I mean, you know, they're excited about that. And I think as we've increased our diversity of our marketing mix and our ability to target our customers in a much more relevant way, you know, that tees up a, a, hopefully a, a customer that's more primed to convert. And so, you know, they're excited about that. And they're also, you know, telling us when we're maybe missing the mark on not, you know, getting in front of right, the right constituent or, or supporting them with the right collateral that they might need or the right sales experience visual experience. And so, you know, we really look at it as, as, as a two-way street in terms of feedback. And I think that's what's made us so successful is, is it's not us sitting in a white ivory tower mandating what we should do, nor is it the stores, you know, overruling what marketing wants to get done in terms of how to present to the, you know, the brand to the customer. It's really, it's really a partnership. And, and that's, you know, I think what's, what's helped us, you know, achieve the success we've had over the years. Yeah, this is really great stuff. Uh, a couple, couple kind of finishing questions here. Sure. Um, when you think about, uh, you know, you, you're, you're wanting to uh, create new customer opportunities, but also you have to use marketing not only to, for customer acquisition, but for, you know, to, to extend the relationship you have with your current customers. Well, is, is that 
is it becoming more or less of a challenge to find the right mix of content to attract new ones, but also focus in on and, and convert those new opportunities, but also focus in on the relationships with the current folks and extending them and making sure that you're providing the kind of value that will keep them coming back. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it, it is a challenge. Um, you know, I think the challenge, I don't know if it's a more, you know, a bigger challenge or a less of a challenge than it's been. I, I think certainly, you know, you could make the argument pretty easily that with the number of channels, you know, you've got now at your disposal from a marketing standpoint, it's challenging because it is trying to figure out that balance between acquisition and conversion. How do you keep, you know, your existing customer really happy and not only just loyal, but really become a brand advocate for you? And, you know, now with the proliferation of social media, the, you know, the ability for the consumer to tell you good, bad, and different what they like about what you're doing or not doing has never been greater. And that's exciting. And also, you know, there's risk involved there that, you you know, you make a misstep. Um, you're going to hear about it a lot quicker and, and it's going to be amplified to a degree that it never has had, you know, the ability to be amplified in the past. And so there's obviously a focus on keeping that existing customer happy and, and really, you know, focusing on, you know, how do you create the best experience for them? And like I said, putting them at the center of the journey. And at the same time, you're constantly trying to, to look for ways to create new content and ways to reach that new customer. And so I, I think that, you know, the challenge as a marketer is the proliferation of content, the proliferation of channels, you know, you have to make decisions relative to where your emphasis are, you know, your, where your emphasis is relative to your objectives and what your, your, your budget and what your, what your strategy is in terms of ultimately at the end of the day, what your brand idea is. I mean, you, you can't create content without knowing who you are and what you want to be and how you want to go to market. And, you know, it has to start there before you decide anything else in terms of which channels, how much you want to spend. And I think, you know, you know, doing that work up front and figuring out, what is your brand all about? What are your strengths? What are, you, what are your points of difference in the, in the consumer, consumer's mind? And are those clearly articulated? If they're not, how do you articulate them? Helps you drive what the content is. What's your biggest opportunity? Is it to really go after more like-minded customers of are you, who you already have? Do you want to change your position and go after a customer that maybe you don't have? Is there a message you haven't told that you need to go out and tell to the customer that they should know that hopefully will attract a new customer? How do you create that advocacy of amongst your existing customer for, for them to be policing the brand on your behalf and you not having to tell every story yourself from a brand perspective and have them actually be evangelists and advocates for you? and attract a new customer by virtue of them having such a fantastic customer experience. And so I think, you know, that's what's exciting and also what's, you know, challenging from a marketing perspective. And I think, you know, finding that right balance is something that all marketers are probably constantly turning the dials to figure out that balance between, you know, new versus existing, you know, acquisition versus retention, channel mix, content um, strategy. And, I, you know, I think it's evolving and as channels continue to evolve and, and brands continue to evolve, you know, it has to be uh, really more of a, of a journey and not a destination. You know, we don't ever expect to be done sort of, you know, op, you know, optimizing our marketing mix or our content strategy. It's going to be something that's always going to have to be fluid and ever, ever evolving. And, um, you know, that for me is what's really exciting. And I think what, you know, is it keeps this, you know, job really fresh and, you know, has kept me here for as long as I have, you know, in terms of new brands, new opportunities, new channels. And if you think about it, it sounds like you have a lot of great opportunity in this, in this job, but what are the, maybe the, the one or two, challenges that you see uh, that lie ahead of you and, you know, using all this great data and this great technology to stay connected with a customer that is 
seems like they're constantly evolving, like here today, gone later today. So what are those challenges that you have, despite all the great technology and data, that you see in staying connected with those customers? Well, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, data is a means to an end in terms of driving, hopefully, you know, insight and action. I mean, I think, you know, data can be great, but it can be overwhelming, and there is such thing as analysis paralysis where you get mired in the data and you lose sight of how it translates to the real world and what the customer really wants. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the biggest challenge is making sure that you're staying relevant and you're interpreting the data in a way that is, you know, not, you know, you putting your brand strategy out on the table and you putting your creative strategy on the table, but is actually creating what the customer expects from a, from a brand and understanding what role the brand can play. I mean, part of that is having a real strong knowledge of what your customer expects from you and what you think you can deliver against that expectation as well as where you fit in the cultural landscape and not, and, and not you know, overstepping or understating what that opportunity is. And, and then I think, you know, once you have the data and the insights is, 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 you know, crafting, you know, the right message. I mean, you can have all the data and know who your customer is. And if you don't translate that into either action from a, you know, marketing strategy or, um, you know, media strategy or creative strategy, then it, you know, the, all the world's data isn't going to help you um, reach your customer and, and, you know, create that relevance and ultimately create that loyalty if, if you haven't translated that. And so, you know, data is great. It's the foundation. Knowing our customer is the foundation of what we do from, from a marketing and really what all marketers do. But, you know, there is a, that gap between, you know, insight and action in terms of how do you translate that to either a creative strategy or a brand strategy or a media strategy. And, and that's what's challenging because, at the end of the day, there is some subjectivity. There's a lot of subjectivity relative to, you know, creative and media and what's the right channel, what's the right message. Um, and, you know, there isn't necessarily a right or wrong. You can, you know, you can definitely interpret through the results you get. Um, but, you know, having having the right instincts in terms of interpreting that data through action and strategy is, you know, is a challenge and doing it in a way that helps you retain your existing customer, but hopefully be attractive and move the brand forward to your, to your a new customer. And that's, you know, as brands evolve, that's the, you know, the biggest paradigm challenge that most marketers face, which is the company and the brand, the customers that are existing, know and love has to evolve. And so how do you keep them happy and, and have them feel validated by your decision to evolve the brand in a way that, keeps them loyal and supportive and not feeling like, wait, why are you firing your existing customer? Why, you know, why are you changing the brand in a way that I don't like? You're moving it into something that you don't want it, you know, I don't want it to be versus, no, we're actually changing the brand in a way that's positive. It actually supports, you know, your decision to, to shop with us in the first place. And, oh, by the way, let's us also be relevant to reach a new customer. And so, you know, that balancing act between ultimately understanding that your brand DNA is your brand DNA, but the way you set your brand objectives and ultimately the way you go to market, you know, whether it's media mix, creative, you know, messaging, brand strategy, you know, can evolve and can, can be ever changing as long as you're staying true to who you are and understanding really at the day, end of the day that the customer is king and you have to deliver against what they, what they expect of you as a brand and you have to be able to, to stand up to what you tell them you're going to deliver. Yeah, uh, I would assume getting the right people internally uh, to be able to do all the things you just mentioned, that has to be a big part of the equation. Yes. you got to have, you know, talented, dedicated people, you know, both in your marketing organization as well as, you know, retail, you know, store, e-commerce. Um, you know, you can't do it in a vacuum. You know, I'm, I'm you know, only as good as my team and, uh, you know, um, 
you know, I constantly, you know, tell my team I, I want to empower them and, and, you know, find talented people that are great fits um, to the organization um, and have the same shared passion and, and then let them show, you know, show the world their ideas and, and, and hopefully, you know, put them up on my shoulders to, to get them the accolades that they deserve for, you know, hopefully bringing great, great new thoughts to the table. One last thing around that, and then uh, I'll let you go, but this has been sure. really great. Um, I have this conversation from a sales perspective. You're hearing all this around uh, insights versus instinct uh, from a sales perspective, using your vast experience if you've been around for a while versus using the data. Is it easier from a marketing perspective? Is it easier to train somebody to find the insights or is it easier to rely on somebody that's that's been around and, and use their gut instincts uh, when it comes to pulling together the right marketing organization today? It's a great question. I mean, candidly, not to cop out, but I think you need both. I mean, I think you need. I mean, I think you need people who have tenure and who have great instincts relative to you know understanding the business and the brand. And I think you need um, you know people who you know can also be you know the data um, champions in terms of driving insights. And sometimes those are the same people and sometimes they're, they're not. And some people have, you know, different skills, but I think from a marketing perspective, you know, it's not one or the other. I mean, you have to have insights driven by data and then instincts as to what to do. And, um, you know, I think you run the risk of leaning too heavily on one or the other, then I think you're going to, you're going to be swayed. And if you become too data driven, I think you're going to lose the instinctual piece of, well, what does the customer really want? You know, data might be telling me one thing, but, you know, I think as like JC Penney learned as, as a hard example, you know, I'm sure they had data that supported that their customer wanted fair prices every day. And the reality was, you know, even the customer didn't know what they wanted instinctually, <laughs> you know, they wanted really the perception of a sale, which got them a great price every day. And that's sort of an instinctual thing that maybe the data wouldn't have suggested. And, um, you know, I think that's the, that's the risk as a marketer is if you lean too heavily on either, if you go too instinctual, you're probably going to make a mistake or a misstep. If you go too data driven, you're probably going to do the same just from a different perspective. And I think, you know, it's that's where the beauty of marketing being part art, part science, um, you know, makes it really exciting, but also really challenging because it is the balance between the two. Um, you have to have strong data as foundation. You have to know who your customer is. You have to be able to interpret that data in a way um, and then make sure you, you run that through the instinctual, does this make sense? Is this something that's believable? Is this something we can support? Is this something we can stand behind? Is this something we can deliver against? Um, and if, you know, instinctually, your gut's telling you you're making a mistake, even though the data is maybe telling you something. You have to listen to that, and I think you have to you have to figure out you know how do you marry the two together, and that's that's the strength of where we you know sit today from a you know state of marketing is is that it's it's you know yes it's the big data era and it's the analytics and it's the ability to to know more about our customers across a multitude of channels and 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 data points, but you know at the end of the day you know a data you know profile of your customer doesn't create a marketing strategy doesn't create a creative expression of of what that data is telling you. You have to have some instinct in terms of translating that that insight into action and I think that's you know that's that's the sweet spot when you can do that successfully and you've got the team around you that can help balance the two that's when you can be really successful. It's almost like we're in the age of saver metrics, but do you think as with these analytical systems get even easier to use and, and quicker to, to kick out the insights and, and you know, you're using more uh, mobile to 
be able to you know get more and more data, do you think it'll be a little more harder to uh, continually have the instinct part as more and more data gets created and more insights seem to be driving things? Is it going to be a little harder to maintain the right balance as we get further and further into this? I, I mean, potentially. I, I think that's a risk that, you know, as we know more and more, you know, the the idea that, to your point, like, you know, the money ball, the sabermetrics, you know, becoming sort of, you know, you just say, you know, you do what the what the numbers tell you versus maybe what instinctually. Um, but, I, you know, I think when you think about, um, you know, great brands, I mean, there's there's always a piece of it that's instinctual. I mean, because, you know, the data can, t- can take you so far, but the data isn't going to... Um, you know, take a great photograph, isn't going to, you know, write a great, you know, TV commercial, isn't going to, you know, create the creative expression of what that data is telling you. And so I think that's where, you know, talent and skill and instinct still does come in, you know, come into the mix. And um, yeah, I mean, I think y- y- there is going to be the risk that you lean too heavily on just one piece of the equation and, and you miss an opportunity to tell a more complete story. And I think, you know, it'd be interesting to see how it evolves as we get to know more and more about our customers and, and there's more and more transparency between brands and, and consumers, you know, where does that take the marketing model? What does that do from a channel perspective in terms of how you go to market? What does that do from a creative perspective? You know, I think that's, you know, to be seen. And I think nobody sitting here today could, you know, could have foreseen what, you know, it was going to look like sitting back five years ago or even, you know, Two years ago, it's just so m- moving so rapidly, and so to say, well, like, what's it going to look like in a couple of years? I mean, I think you know, there's some sense of where the trends are headed, but you know, the honest answer is probably nobody really knows. I mean, no one knows what hasn't been invented yet from a technology standpoint that's going to be game changing, that's going to change um, the way we deliver content and advertising to consumers, the way we you know communicate with them. And I think you know, that's that's the beauty of marketing is that it's always changing. That's the challenge of it is too is that you have to you have to be you know staying on top of trends. And, and creating, creating the the right mix to be in front of the consumer when you know when and where they want you to be, and I think that's that's why you see the buzzword of omnichannel so often is that, you know, it's really that frictionless experience and putting the customer at the center of the journey and not saying, well, we're going to program, you know, the advertising to look like this because that's where we want them to come find us because they're not they're not seeking out advertising. You have to you have to create, you know, engagement. You have to create entertainment, you have to educate them, and ultimately you have to persuade them. I mean, that's at the end of the day what great advertising does is it does all of the above. And, and you know, understanding your customer from a data perspective is, you know, really paramount to that. But instinctually, you know, you still have to be able to translate that. All right. This has been great. A year from now, I always have to ask the future-looking <laughs> question. A year from now, what are we going to be really taking seriously from a marketing, maybe a digital marketing perspective, that really we, it, we may hear about it now, but it's not a need to have. A year from now, what's the thing that's going to be really prevalent that we're not really focused on right now? Gosh, if I knew that answer, <laughs> I'd probably, <laughs> um, you know, I'd probably be a very rich man. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I think you, there's a, a couple of interesting technologies. I mean, I think like Apple Pay is in its infancy from a, an adoption perspective, and you know, we'll see what the Apple Watch does to you know drive that adoption higher. But um, I, obviously, you know, mobile isn't you know a new trend. It's it's here. It's been here for a while. I think the way consumers and brands engage with mobile, um, you know, potentially could be very different. I mean, Passbook, you know, taking us back to where we started the conversation, you know, you know, 
Passbook and Google Wallet are, are going to change that dynamic in terms of how customers engage with brands and how marketing feeds into those. I think, you know, mobile payment, um, you know, what PayPal is doing, what Apple Pay is doing in terms of just the way c- consumers, you know, transact with brands either, you know, in-store or online. And I think that, I think really from a digital perspective, it's really going to be the marriage between the physical and the digital. And I think, you know, you see brands that are, you know, traditional brick and mortar brands that are looking to catch up on the digital. And interestingly enough, you see these pure play digital brands that are looking to create a brick and mortar presence. And I think, you know, the brands that are going to you know be really successful a year from now are going to have figured out a, a, a nice marriage between the two in terms of how digital works with brick and mortar and vice versa and complements. And I think that's, you know, again, back to the idea that it's the era of you know the customer and putting the customer at the center of the journey and that sort of being our mantra with our brands is is you know really what's going to shape the future a year from now is you know what the customer is going to be doing could be very different and I think marketers are going to have to react and whether that's how they use their phone or wearable technology um, you know I think that that'll really shape you know the transactional landscape and how we we push marketing you know through those various new devices. Great. Let me stop the recording here. <laughs> 